You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Can We Talk? This is your boy, Eric. I'm here with the usual suspects, Shayna and Anthony. And we have a guest who's going to be a part of us for a little bit. It's going to be a new usual suspect. We got Kenya back. Kenya, what's what's going on? Welcome. It's good, man. I'm glad to be with y'all. I'm excited for this month. For real, and I I know you're trying to tie in your uh, your podcast, your new podcast, mm-hmm. politicking, mm-hmm. right? And so, when is that going to be? Well, I guess we just, we're still we're trying still, to work it out. We're still working it out, but hopefully coming soon. I've been in talks, um, and I'm just waiting on my my time to shine. So I'll definitely let y'all know first. That's awesome. It's exciting to have you, though. This is going to be a good month. I'm so what, looking forward to conversations. What would your new show be about, and what would you uh, contribute to uh, Can We Talk? Well, um, well, politicking already has kind of started. It was just more so like a YouTube channel. Again, people just, you know, at a roundtable talking about dialogues around social justice issues. I'm mm-hmm. just bringing it into a podcast format because I think people feel more comfortable. It's more informal. It's more fun. Um, and so just trying to take off and, you know, dwindling down on costs, right? Seriously, you know? right. <laughs> effective all 2019. But, um, yeah, just coming back and just trying to get more people at the table just because I feel like, you know, it can be more consistent. I feel like with y'all, I mean, y'all already doing the thing. I just want to come yeah. in and kind of give my two cents and, hey. and be able to just bring that, that vibe Don't to y'all. Don't take away time. my job now. <laughs> uh, not at all. You not know, at all. You might have to take a couple of weeks <laughs> off. We, we bring you back in. Uh, but we appreciate it. It's going to be fun. I'm excited for it. Um, any any news over the past couple of weeks that y'all want to share? Anything personal going on happening in y'all lives? I'm fundraising for my daughter's swim team. I'm going to put the link under the comments. I'm about to cash app you. Yeah, that, yeah that's for fine. Sure. I, I've had a lot of people that just give me cash. Shout out to uh, my homegirl, uh, Tasha. Latasha, because there's a Natasha. She also gave me money. Shout out to her, too. <laughs> <laughs> she uh, she uh, gave me money. Today is like I can't do the fees. So. Yeah, those fees will yeah, the fees, get expensive. So. so where you at right now? Where's the goal? Where um, have you reached? Jordan's personal goal is fifteen hundred dollars. Nice. She's at seven hundred eighty right now. Okay. So shout out to everybody that's donated. Like I really, really appreciate it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, we got we got to definitely get that to fifteen fifteen hundred by the end of this episode. Everybody <laughs> by the end of this episode, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> That's what's she up. had a swim meet yesterday. Um, it was literally, I mean, this is our first season. So I guess it really don't mean nothing to say that this is the longest one I've ever been to because usually they split up the age groups. And this time they didn't. Yeah. So it was just really, it was hot. And then it was just really interesting to see like how like the little kids, how like how they were so bored, like yeah. and what they were doing, like dancing on the side of the pool. and. <laughs> It was just funny to watch them do it, but Jordan did it really good. She's getting faster, so yeah, I'm proud of her. Proud of the rest of the team. We got to bring Jordan on the show. We got to bring her. Wasn't on the that show. the goal? We was gonna do that. Yeah, we we gonna do that. She she busy. That's the thing. Like she yeah. busier than me. <laughs> it's like she got two jobs. Like, <laughs> for real. That's awesome. Um, oh man, I got to talk about some movies that I watched and some TV shows. We talk about man. it later. Um, me and my girl, we did some serious adulting over the weekend. Okay. We uh, we cooked our own fried chicken. Wait, hold on, man. <laughs> used, like, what are you? <laughs> we used um, we used my mom's recipe, and then uh, it, it it ended up pretty good. This is the first time you cook fried chicken by yourself. Yeah. Oh my god. You wow. know, man. I mean, oh like, god. I know how to cook a lot of things, but I've been I've been trying to um, you know, I'm really making my transition to you know being a you know, just adulting, yeah. learning how to cook like traditional dishes by myself. I know it's not hard, but yeah, I wanted to do it with my mom's nuance, and I we succeeded. Well, that's that's good. That's good, man. I'm just surprised. You're 20, what, 25, right? Yeah. 
I know how to cook, man. I ain't, you know, I'm not, I'm no. But you're using the family recipe. This is like the special right. thing that you did. Right. It was a special thing. I couldn't mess it up. Yeah, I feel you. That's let me good, give you some, let me give y'all some tips. Yeah, give us the recipe. What's the, the special recipe she used? So basically, after you you know wash the wings off or whatever, you um you dip them in you dip them in buttermilk. Mm. Oh. And after you dip them in buttermilk, you uh, you know put the seasoning salt on it or whatever, then the flour, and then you put them in the uh in the oil to fry, and it comes out I, great, man. I know some people use egg. Yeah, egg white, I know man. people that use egg. Yeah. So buttermilk. buttermilk. She got that recipe from that from that yeah. book, The Help. <laughs> you know that movie to help the book she got that recipe from that book oh that's what's up man i've got to tell her to bring some in so we can try oh uh, <laughs> just make your own eric you know How what butter, you? butter seven make your own 28 man butter, <laughs> butter i'm old man i'm just old. i'm old oh my god uh, <laughs> y'all well okay you can you want to add anything because I, I got some okay, stuff i got i gotta get into that's been on my chest for a while and this is this black face oh yeah what's going on y'all gucci not just Gucci, but the Virginia governor. And the, then the one, the, the the okay, then there's the Virginia governor, and then there's the lieutenant governor, and then, then the attorney general. The, he did blackface, he did, too. Like, what the fuck is going on? What's, ha- what's happening in this world? Are y'all surprised, though? Like, are y'all really surprised? I'm, no. I mentioned this <laughs> on my Facebook page. I thought only two of them were blackface, and one of them was inappropriate conduct. Yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. Yep, the lieutenant governor is in trouble for rape and sexual misconduct, yes. harassment. Yeah, so it's a mess in Virginia right now. Crazy. Um, I was just like flabbergasted, like not flabbergasted, but this was a medical school yearbook, right? Doctors, and then we always talk about the healthcare disparity between you know black people and mm-hmm. white people, and how when black people, no matter their social economic status, they do not get good health care. Yeah, so is th- this this got to be a part of it's it? It's got to be the reason why. Because how many hands did this yearbook pass through Seriously. in order for that picture to make it on the You page? would think the school administration or somebody would have like, all right, hey, hold on, let's wait up. But Yearbook staff, like, hey, man, we're we not. Like, nobody along the line was like, we're not, this is what we're not going to do. But this was also the 80s, though. They had a movie about blackface. What was it? Uh, Soul Brother. Soul Brother. That was a whole movie about a guy who got into law school and did black blackface to get a scholarship, and people thought it was acceptable. So, yeah. So, are we surprised? <laughs> that's what. Yeah, I'm that's what I'm like. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you with that. But I was just like, man, this is like it's not a high school year, but right. This is your medical school. Medical school. And then you got some corporations like Gucci, and then Prada. <laughs> you know, Prada had they they issued back in December, where they're just blatantly using this these. First off, who had who buy a sweater like that? That's a horrible <laughs> sweater. I don't know if you saw it. Oh, I've seen it. It's terrible. Like, who did they make this for? Right. <laughs> who was caught dead wearing that? Who, like, who, seriously, who wants to lift this all the way up over the, come on, it's a turtleneck with the mouth cut out, with red lips. And they're like, oh, this is nothing wrong with that. No. It's, no, that's not. Like, who, was there any person of color on the staff, you know, to say, hey, we might want to not do this? This is kind of offensive. What's that's going the on? the thing. Like, we all know at least one or two people, black people that are into fashion design. Yeah. So, like, these people, they're, they're not in the room, and they don't want them in the room. That's true. Because, yeah, because my thing is, like, this shouldn't have made it through the design phase, like, the conception phase. Like, I don't know. It shouldn't have been signed off. It shouldn't have been signed off. And it's just so out of tone and out of touch with just reality. Mm-hmm. And I know people are like, oh, you know, everyone's so sensitive about this. Like, it's not that big of a deal. But, yes, it is a big deal. Just the history of blackface, and especially being Black History Month. You think people do some research, do a little bit of, you know, digging about the, the symbolism of blackface and 
So what are what, what are they gonna do about it though? Because I hear we protest that we supposed to be protesting Gucci nine. I remember we, we were protesting. I can't protest. H&M. I can't afford. <laughs> hey, <laughs> That's not gonna happen though. That's like, a good point too. Yeah. Protesting H and M was kind of hard though. See what I'm saying? I did it. I didn't go to H and M for a long well, time. I, I never been, been so. I eventually did. Oh crap! What did H and M do? Oh, this was a while ago. They had the little boy. He had like the cutest monkey in the. Oh yeah, yeah. okay. The yeah. jungle. T shirt. Yeah. Just saying that we don't keep up with our protests anymore. That's because we we outraged about everything sometimes Listen, we kind of forget i think i'm too for oh you know i never went to h&m so when they were protesting i'm like all right no change yeah. i didn't watch sports so they won't so when they were posted protesting the nfl i was like all right no change for me mm-hmm. so i'm too for oh so. what about the starbucks right <laughs> uh when did they do all that <laughs> you forgot you forgot already so when oh, did they do oh, 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 oh you're talking about the uh Man, you forgot i about people that so addicted to starbucks <laughs> they was like i don't care if they hand me my coffee in a clan outfit i'm no. still going no like, no uh-uh. i was like, more of a timmy hose kind of guy though <laughs> first off starbucks ain't even that good it's too it's much over it's overpriced it's way overpriced. too much sugar i personally like big bean over it though I haven't, I haven't seen but a big bean But they used to be called beaners. Randy, am I sitting by myself? Does it look like I'm sitting by myself on the camera? You are. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. You're making, you're making me even 4K. more introverted. Anthony <laughs> don't want to be next to anybody. You and Shayna are in the same camera. Okay. But, well, I'm in 4K, too. The, the empty chair between you. We got bad. an invisible guest today. It's all right. But, <laughs> but yeah, Shut it's, up, man. Pipe down. It's outrageous with, with, with what's going on today. You would think that you know, someone, some higher up or executive, first off, they need to hire more people of color in those positions. That's that's one of the main reasons we see in this. But I also think people who are kind of from the community who are in those positions, they may be just afraid to speak up due to, you know, they don't want to feel isolated. They want to feel like they're, you know, ostracized, whatever. So there's a lot those of factors. Look labor. At it. We need labor protection. We need like Seriously. So what can be done from this? Like, what's what is going to happen to Gucci, if anything? Nothing. First off, we're not the number one consumer of Gucci. It's like, not. isn't it like Asians or something like that? Like, we're not. I mean, so they they're gonna even if like black people just stop today buying Gucci, um, they're they'll be they'll be fine. I wouldn't say we're the number one consumer, but I think we're the number one influencer. Look at all like look at all the the uh, imagery that you see rappers whoever wearing Gucci. Headbands, Gucci shirts. He's going to have to change his name. Yeah. Somebody said that. He's going to have to call himself Wapman now. Seriously. Somebody said that everywhere and call himself Fubu Man. And so, and so just, <laughs> off, just off of our culture alone, it's influencing so many people to buy these products. And it's like, all right, we got to do something about this. Like, There's no way they should get off and say, oh, we apologize. We didn't know that this was offensive. Like, you know. You, you knew. know. Yeah. You, you knew know. it was offensive. Um, But then you still got, you know, money is behind it. It's a big, well, well. Low name brand, high name brand, high fashion brand. And I don't think anything's going to truly happen, unfortunately. Now, did y'all see what Joy Behar admitted that she did blackface? Oh, my God. Joy did, too? But she didn't do it as dark. So a lot of people are like, well, this is not really black. She admitted that she did it. She dressed up like an African-American woman for Halloween. And she did it a couple of shades darker than her skin tone. And they actually showed the picture. And a lot of people are like, well, it's not that dark. But to me, I feel like people are disregarding light-skinned black people when they do yeah. that because, like, are they to be mocked? Just oh, like, yeah. oh, we can, you can't mock dark-skinned black people, but you can mock light-skinned black yeah. people? We can go down the line about that. I mean, you got Ted <laughs> Danson, you got Jimmy Fallon, you know, you, you mm-hmm. got a lot of people that have done blackface. 
And um, what was that movie? Uh, Thunder. No, Tropic. Tropic. Tropic yeah, Thunder. you got yeah. Robert. You got <laughs> Tropic Thunder. Thunder. But, you got nominated. But, nominated for that. But That's crazy. But he, I guess they was he was parroting like you know those method actors. Yeah, you know, of course. They gain no. weight, lose weight, that get film. fuck. But you know, for movie role. Yeah, that film is a satire. I just think it's hilarious that he got nominated out of yeah. everybody. Yeah, that's kind of. They should have nominated Tom Cruise for that movie. You know how I feel about oh, Tommy. Yeah, yeah, I didn't even know that was Tom. Exactly, he was acting. But the the crazy thing though was that even the Democratic Party, who we and we talked about, you know, the whole po- political thing, the Democratic candidates, you would think that they would be ones who know the history of this. <laughs> Not at all. And yeah, and that just shows you got to vet our people. We got to vet these people. But then I heard too because to. I you know watch my little late night political shows and. One of the ideas is that it's random. It's such a coincidence that all these Democrats are getting thrown under the bus at the same time, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So even that, like, could it be a ploy? Could this be could like be. some Republican get back? That could be Donald's way of being <laughs> like, I be you when I grow up, man. You watch late night political shows. I got to be up on that game. What do you watch? You don't watch late night politics? No, of course not. I watch Darian Long kick ass mall cop on YouTube. <laughs> God, God. But I, I do think that there is some type of. Not conspiracy, but something's going on in the background where maybe it's just to get the heat off of Trump a little bit or put it on, you know, get the heat off Republicans that they bring this stuff up. But even still, if it is brought up, it should have been brought up anyway. Like You just got to vet your candidates. Like, there's no way they should have made it that far and got elected without this knowing. And that kind of brings up a greater sort of fear. It was like, what what other dirt do they have on other people? Like, especially <laughs> you got all these people running for, for uh, president now. You got... Uh, Kamala Harris coming. You got Cory like Booker. Three hundred and something people running for president. It's way too many. You got the whole squad. <laughs> hey, man, we live in a country of choice. So That's too I, many choices. I, I don't. Hey, you from bound to find somebody you like. My my fear is that Biden makes it to the the election, and we hear something crazy about Biden, like some crazy like sexual harassment thing comes up or. I'm gonna speak on this in my two cents, but I, I hear yeah. exactly what you're saying. Yeah, but that's it's that was something I feel like. As far as Biden, you co-drafted the crime bill. You don't get to say sorry and then run for president. Yeah. Hillary did. <laughs> and she <laughs> lost. And she lost. <laughs> right. and she, she lost. lost. That's true. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. Um, I do want to talk about the State of the Union. Did y'all watch it? Mm-mm. Yeah, I did. Yeah. What, I heard my mama yelling at the TV. He's such an entertainer, man. You know, he, I, <laughs> it's so true. Like, he covers up. He says some ridiculous stuff and then covers up with, oh, we got this cancer patient kid who's, you know, who's here with us. And it's like, you know, how can you be mad at that? Because there's a kid right here who has cancer. Of course, you're going to be, you know, clapping and applauding. But then you just said horrible things about uh, Hispanics, you know, that you're going to kind of gloss over. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, he's it was it was a mess. Um, he does. You could tell he's going off script for a few things that he said. And uh, it just solidified that he's crazy. Like, he's just he's a crazy guy. Like, what do you think? I just sometimes when he talks like I hear it, people are angry with the divisive things that he says, mm-hmm. how he can go from, like you said, something so bringing us together. Kumbaya. We're talking about, you know, curing cancer. Right. Like, I've, I mean, I've heard it, but it's like when he talks about it, it seems like you can believe what he's saying a little yeah. bit. Right. And then he goes left. 
around like, hey, this can't get done, though, with all these criminal investigations Seriously. happening. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it's con, man. you have people who are kind of on two different ends of the spectrum. I always look at the audience. I think that yeah. the best thing to do during State of the Union oh, is yeah, to look at the faces. audience. Oh, my God. And to always just see how divided we are as a country regardless. Because yeah. let's just be real. When President Obama was doing it, too, like. The other side was applauded and the other right. side was sitting like, we're never happiest people. You'll never have it, a president that everybody is going to get up and clap at the same time. Except for what? Women's rights. I think right. that was the only time the whole that's room it. got up. But then someone said like for, for Obama, someone called him a liar in the middle of the, of the address. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you know, we are kind of hypocritical in the way that we say, you know, oh, you know, you need to, you need to represent or you need to at least be respectful of the president as I did. But like, no, when it was other, when the shoe was on the other foot. They did the same exact thing. So I'm like, whatever. You know, I'm going to hate them still. It's all mine. But um, y'all want to move to hip hop corner? You know what? Let's do it. Any any good hip hop? I tried to listen to Boogie, but I kept going back to Soda Baby. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, who's that? You don't know Soda Baby? You know Soda Baby? I only know about it because the young. You know the Block Party song? Soda <laughs> uh, Baby. Bartier Bounty. You missing out. Okay. He's a Detroit rapper. What's and your... it sounds like Detroit, like it is Detroit, but yeah. be, he, I, I'm not gonna like he's not like a lyricist, mm. but I like it. I like Sada Baby, and he be dancing. Yeah, that one video. <laughs> I like Detroit rap. The only my biggest pet peeve is that they never on beat when they rap. It's like always a little bit off, off beat, like slightly off. Who are you going? Who are you basing this off of? Just a lot of the rappers I, I listen to. T, yep, T, it's like the cadence is the new ones or a lot of the new yeah. ones. Like the cadence oh. is a little bit off. Like it's it's kind of like a little bit laid back in terms of the way they rap, and it doesn't align uh, on the four four measure. Maybe, but that's just my that's my observation because I'm a you know I like music and I'm a musician. So. What do you think of the surprising revelation with uh, Twenty One Savage? <laughs> I'm like, I mean, I was I I don't want anybody to be locked up. Right. And I Seriously. thought it was convenient, like during Super Bowl weekend, like during the Super Bowl. But also, I'm like, so all you got to do is act like a buffoon and people think you from here. Didn't he Man. say he was from the A? He, I mean, literally, he'd been here for like 15 years since he was a kid. I looked him up on another podcast because <laughs> another podcast was talking about him. He was born in London. Mm-hmm. And moved to Atlanta when he was seven years old. But why? It was seven. Yeah. So he's okay. pretty. He's pretty much but American. Why? Why did they, I want to know why? Why did you move from there to here? You mad about that? No, I just well, want to know. Like, wh- like what I mean, his made parents you? Have, who knows? What like, he, what made his family pick up and move from there to here? Because you know, like they are. I mean, I'm not saying there's not racism there. I don't yes, live there. Yeah. But, you know, they've been interracially dating for like 150 years. So they are more progressive than, say, you know, the United States. Could have been opportunities. America has this false promise. You know, we got this false promise of, you know, better wages, better uh, environment, better everything. Mm -hmm. You know, we think we're the most powerful country out there. We're not. And not anymore. So we got we got false promise. But why do they got to lock him up like that, though? Like, it's not like he's in a threat. It's not like he's done anything to, you know, hurt somebody, physically hurt somebody. But from my understanding, it he it was is his visa expired mm. on his parents' watch. Yeah. And he's trying to get his paperwork, you know, right. So I don't think he should be deported. Yeah. Cause if it happened when you're a minor, like it's up to your parents to kind of handle that situation. So now if you're if you're legal age, can you do it yourself? Like I don't know what the process is for that, but so, so he ain't never paid no taxes. 
I'm sure he pays. I'm sure he pays taxes. Yeah, I'm sure he pays taxes. But well, I'm pulling for him. You know, he has kids. You know, I want yeah. I want to be out be with his children. Um, Travis Scott NFL performance. Did you see it? No. Big boy. None of them. You I saw I like the memes. Boy. I saw Peter. They talked about the coat that uh, Big mm-hmm. Boy had on. He only did like two songs though. It really yeah, it was, it was quick. one. It was like one song. I was kind of sad by how long he was on. I was like, like where Andre? I was looking for Andre three thousand. Like, come on, bro. But you Super Bowl in Atlanta mm. is Big Boy your first choice? That's I mean, outcast, man. I, I mean, why that. not? No it, one else it, would have. Is he your first choice? You know, Ti wasn't going to go. Well, who should be? Should it be Ti? But he he's not he's not going to go, especially with the who whole situation. Be, who should be the first choice in your opinion? I mean, I love Big Boy. I love Outcast, but like. What's popping right now? Who's popping right now? Oh, out of Atlanta? the Migos. Migos. Got, yeah. Maybe they said no though. Maybe the first choice didn't want to go because yeah. Cardi B dropped out, you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of people just didn't do it. I'm sure they. I'm sure they performed with those after parties. Yeah, like a that. lot yeah, of they people they went to like Meek Mill. He went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, I missed his party. I did see Jeezy though. Jeezy was down there. Payroll mm-hmm. was in the building too, so that was pretty cool. It was Gucci there? No, you know, I didn't see any flyers with Gucci on. I was actually in Atlanta for the oh, Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you was there. You for saw the all culture, of them. Got to see the trap museum. <laughs> nice. How is it? It's actually pretty cool. It's a really simple concept. Like literally a building just with like trap history. I think that's like amazing though. Mm. Yeah. So it was that's a lot awesome. of first choices did... to pick out the A. So I definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. like, was, was it from a music perspective or was it just from like just the history in general? Like, like with like drug dealing and music? Or? It's mixed. Okay. Yeah, so like when you walk in, you walk into grandma's living room with mm. grandma on the couch, like walking to the trap museum. Oh, interesting. Wow. Yeah, it's very interesting with all the drugs on the table and things like that. They got like the kitchen, you know, you can see them cooking up and all that kind of stuff. I mean, they're not doing it, but you <laughs> can see the stuff on the counter, <laughs> right? So they're cooking right and now. And all of that. So who came up with that? Who created that? I want to say, isn't, I think that's T.I. and um, that one, trap museum. And then I know that... Uh, Two chains, Two chains has the one thing, but that's that wasn't up when I was there. I didn't get to see that. That was a pink house, right? Yeah. Oh wow. Oh, that's awesome. The cars and the That is interesting when we think about it. What was your opinion of the sweet victory tease during the halftime show? Sweet. The uh, the SpongeBob joke. You know when SpongeBob oh. performed at that at that uh concert yeah. in the show. I think it was well. I liked it. It's kind of cheesy though. Gonna go bit. go the whole way, man. For real, you gonna do it? Do it the whole way, man. <laughs> With the whole get up and everything, and just be ready to just. I didn't care for the little fireball that came out the sky and just landed into the stage. It's kind of stupid. But. The internet comes up with some strange things. I'm telling you, because they kept pushing for him <clears> to do that. I'm like, yeah. okay. But I guess the Dallas Stars performed the whole scene from SpongeBob during their <laughs> intermission. <laughs> That's hilarious. That I per- hilarious. I personally didn't really care that much for the game or. I just Super Bowl at all. I, I mean, I was at a Super Bowl party, but I ain't pay attention. Like, I can't, I can't watch football. Yeah. Like, it's so boring. Not that it's boring because I, I love football, but like knowing what I know about how it, the injuries, I can't yeah. watch it. Yeah, Shana, you two woke to enjoy things. Yes, I am. She's like, oh, I'm watching a car accident every four seconds, every forty right. seconds, every play. Like, oh, in fifteen years, they ain't gonna be able to walk. Like, <laughs> what were your favorite commercials? Oh shoot, I feel like the commercials were so they weren't memorable this year. Um, They're not as fun gonna, as they used to be. It was one about with Google. It was like the the kids 
No, Microsoft. Microsoft, the kids with disabilities. That was a pretty good one. And they had like the little um, remote controls that, you know, fit their disability. That was nice. What about the Game of Thrones one? Oh, that was kind of, that was funny. That was my favorite one. You thought it was a Bud Light commercial to start. But yes. Then, yes. And more then it's the it. mountain. And they actually, they don't show it, but they imply like, that he's crushing his eyeballs out. Beer? Yeah. And I was like, oh. <laughs> this is Game but of Thrones. Game of Thrones really need a commercial? It was, it was clever. And then everybody died at the end because in Dragonfire, that was the best. And, and think about it. Kill two birds with one snow. You got Bud, uh, Bud Light. You know, they got their, their commercial. Game of Thrones got their, you know, the preview. Yeah, they split the cost. Yeah, they probably did. Yeah. <laughs> There's one Super Bowl ad from the past that I w- that could have been better than what it was, but they just half-assed it. Okay. Um, Bud Light brought back Spud McGee. It brought Spud back McGee. that dog. It was from one of the past Super Bowls. You know the uh-huh. dog that used to that used to uh, promote Budweiser. Oh Spud yeah, yeah, McKenzie. Yeah, yeah. Spud yeah they McKenzie. brought him back, and it was just it just it just was silly. I'm like, y'all could just in a way yeah. funnier way. Yeah, it was it was a Burger King commercial. It was kind of weird. It had who was the guy? Um, it was a guy just eating a hamburger. <laughs> what was his name? He's a famous artist. Um, yeah, it wasn't that important. It's, it's cool. It's yeah, okay. But, but, try it. But Anthony, man, let's hear your, your two cents. All right, man. <laughs> I've been doing a lot of catch-up, folks. I've been... um, I caught up with Killing Eve, the first season of Killing Eve. Very good. I enjoyed that show. Sandra Oh and Jodie Comer did their thing. I watched the first three seasons of Billions. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I got this. The glass, the glasses are on for a reason. They're on for okay. a reason. Uh, Paul Giamatti and uh, Damon Lewis are great actors. Billions, of, billions is good. And um, over the weekend, I went to go see uh, Cold Pursuit with Liam. Oh Neeson. my god, uh, <laughs> we, we forgot to talk about, about him. Oh my, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get into it, man. You know, I had yeah. to, I had to run all night, you know, to see this, um, to see this little gem here. Um, I know a lot of people are very, you know, I'm taken disappointed with you. some of the things he's said recently. But let me just talk about Cold Pursuit for a second. Uh, so it's, you know, it's the typical Liam Neeson film. It's a revenge thriller. Um, the main guy, uh, his son is killed um, through a forced overdose. And he um, he's a slow, he's a snowplow drifter and he takes revenge on the thugs who did it. <laughs> I got to say, though, the one thing that differentiates this movie from the rest is that it's odd balance of like comedy and action. Like, mm-hmm. it finds comedy in, like, the weirdest places. It's like if Liam Neeson was in Fargo. <laughs> but I don't mean that in a good way, though. Because <laughs> the director, he's he's remaking his Norwegian film into English la- language. Okay. So I guess Norwegian comedy is a little different from American comedy. Makes sense. So, like, it, it finds humor in the strangest places. Um, the, the violence is good. The action is good. I give it a 2.5 or a 3 out of 5. God. I'm I don't disappointed know, you saw it, though. After all that well, happened. Well, I got to talk about that, actually, though. You want to talk about so, an hour? Or do you want to go keep going through your reviews? No, that was it. Oh, okay. All right, let's talk about Liam Neeson, y'all. Like, his comments. He a liar. Yeah, I'm sure he is. <laughs> liar about what? I don't think that happened. Like that's that whole. But why bring black it up? Brute to to make it seem like like he was like they didn't they ask him like where do you draw you know that yeah. your inspiration from or why is it that you're so good at these type of revenge movies and then he said he brought up that story but like that whole black rapist brute thing like what evidence did you do you have that he's lying though what evidence do we have that that actually happened because why did he bring it up right now at this moment? Well, they asked Especially, him about the film. They asked him about the revenge thriller. And he said, like, you know, well, I can relate because once upon a time I had a friend who was raped by somebody. 
and I had a lot of anger. And I asked him, like, do you know what they look like? And she said, a black person. So he said he had angry, he had anger in him. He said he was walking in front of a bar for about like, he said a week or a half maybe with a blackjack or a cosh waiting to just bash him by his head and who walked in on him because he was so angry. No, he didn't say somebody. He Some said black a black bastard. bastard. Right. Yeah. How he felt he at didn't, the time. The common denominator was black, not rapist. He didn't go looking for a rapist. He said a black bastard. Yeah. How he felt at the time. And then why would he ask what color were they to her? Like, like it. Really well, matter. I mean, I if you want look. somebody to describe, if you've been assaulted, you want somebody to describe how they look. Now, I get that. But the whole thing, like, come on. Um, I mean, I my, don't believe that. My take is, you know, I mean, it, w- it wouldn't make sense for him to just like, no one asked him this. He told us this of his own accord. Yeah, he should have so, kept you know, it to himself. If he... Well, yeah, if you're a publicist, you would tell him to keep right. it to himself. But I think like the difference between something like this and something else mm-hmm. is this is somebody who could have went that route but like didn't. And Ian looks back on it with shame and regret and horror. My thing is, where are like where did this happen? Did this happen in Ireland or yeah. did this happen in America? He said it happened in Ireland. Well then you was... know where the niggas at. Like if you <laughs> want to smoke with right. niggas, then you gon if you gon' find some. That's another reason why I think he's full in, of shit. He's walking in front and back in front of a bar. To uh, me, Liam ne- Liam Neeson isn't canceled to me because it, I feel um, like there's a difference between somebody who did something forty years ago or could have did something forty years ago and they look at it with regret and shame. And there's somebody that regrets oh, talks man. about something they did years ago and be like, Yeah, I did it, so you know, whatever. I mean, I didn't hear the regret or shit. I mean, yes, he was he like. He said it though. He said, I, I, I'm ashamed of this. He said it in, in, in this interview. I'm a comment reader, which I need to stop doing oh, for my God. own personal mental too. health. I don't know. But you, I, I wasn't surprised because I read Stormfront every now and then about the amount of you people do? who think like that. That all, yeah. oh, honestly, nothing wrong with what he did. Right. What does no, he have I to apologize for? I see for? something wrong with it. They're like, what does he have to apologize for? Right. He was at a fork in the road. I see something wrong with trying to go the other route. But if you don't go the other route, that's for the better. And if you realize why you didn't go the other route, that's even better. I just think it's, I mean, it's it's in a nutshell, his whole mindset in that, that moment, even even if you're upset and you're acting off emotion, my first my first thing wouldn't be I'm going to wait outside a bar for a, a week just to, just until somebody says something. You're not me. always like, rational when you're in fury or anger. <sighs> It's just the usual agree to disagree. I, I just, guess. I just got one side. Y'all, y'all got y'all's. It's, I guess. I see both but, sides. I see both sides. But the whole black brute rapist thing has destroyed entire towns. Mm-hmm. Right. That's Kill why he don't get people. a pass from me. Dude. Well, it's not and the children a pass. of those affected by that, they're still around, and they're in their children's children. Even Emmett Till, like this kid, a uh, uh, boy, a boy and who she was, admitted that she lied. Right. And so this is problematic. It We're has so about many kinds. But still, I'm saying it kind of ties into it. Like you have someone who a black child, man, whatever it is, who's criminalized and looked at as a as subhuman because yeah, of an equ- uh, uh, action that happened. He whistled at a white woman. It's horrible that he that he got. And so, up. I mean, I understand he's yeah, not from America, so yeah. he may not understand the context of some of the racial things. But he knows you, sh- you can't plead ignorance on that case. And I know he's changing but it his ways. It wasn't ignorance, though. He I said know, it himself. He w- he was coming from an angry, horrible place. Well, he's canceled. He, he admitted. He's <laughs> I mean, to y'all, he's canceled watch. to y'all. Man, I'm good. What I mean, what, what's gonna what blow are, over, man? He ain't gonna suffer from this. So, what are y'all thoughts? I mean, does anyone agree with Anthony? I, I don't. I don't not see his perspective. 
I see both sides. I just think that I'm not going to get wrapped. I was watching Taken the other day by accident. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to get caught up by... I'm just not surprised. That's all I'm saying. It's just like certain things. Like, if if this, if I was to really take on this type of attitude of just, I would have to cancel every person who isn't of color that has done something that Man, was shameful. Butt naked I was naked. <laughs> I told y'all, y'all gonna cancel him, cancel Marky Mark. Like, I have canceled Marky Mark. I don't eat at Burger, and I do not watch his movies. Oh, Mark Wahlberg? What did he do? Oh, he had two white supremacist terrorist incidents. Oh, MG. So, no, I don't fuck with him. He's from Boston. And Boston is notoriously racist as a city. So, I still fucks with Liam. That's just my take. You know, that's just what that's it. All right, let's move on. So, what else did you say? Anything else? Uh,. That was my two cents, man. All I right. watched Crazy Rich Asians. Oh, that's a good movie. Great movie. Oh, my God. Um, Say what you said on Facebook. Wait. I said it was the Asian version of Coming to America. OMG, and I love that movie. Yeah. <laughs> it was I the Asian movie. version of Coming to America. I actually America. got emotional during that movie. I'm like, I did cry. I'm like, this is, this is I touching. I did cry. Like the little, uh, the, the wedding scene with the... Water rolling down. Shh, I oh, go that was that. I'm like, this shit is so baller. <laughs> like, oh my god! Like the wedding, yeah, the engagement party. Aquafina's like, in that movie, right? She's funny, yeah, I'm yeah. not a fan. Of She's. Her. I like her. I like her. Um. Oh, did anyone see Russian Doll I on do Netflix? Not. I will watch it. Oh, oh my god! Did we see talk it. about abducting planes? Oh, we did. Y'all gotta see Russian Doll. I it's amazing. I will start. Um, I started Luther with Idris Elba. Okay, mm-hmm. it's a pretty solid show. It's mm-hmm. a solid British crime drama. You know, Idris does well in the lead role. He's a detective that's haunted by um, a past case. Got a little mm-hmm. bit of mental issues, but it, it, it flows well. Right. I love British shows. They get right to the point. For, the so they have like, like six, seven episodes in a season. Like yes, no, six, seven episodes. It's like two and a half seasons. <laughs> for real, for real. <laughs> So I guess let's move on because I know we got a, a big discussion today about Black History. Black History. We're gonna let Kenya go ahead and start your fact. Your oh yeah, fact. I can start out with a fact. Yeah, I think the fact is cool though because this is something I didn't learn until later in life, and it's just like I question all the time why didn't I learn this stuff as a kid? But anyway, that's neither here nor there. So our famous Black History fact of the day: Detroit. Okay. No, the Walk to Freedom was a mass march during the Civil Rights Movement. On June 23rd, 1963, in Detroit, Michigan, it drew crowds of an estimated 125,000 people. This was known as the largest civil rights demonstration in nation's history up to that date. And for most of us, we know about the walk on uh, Washington, Mm -hmm. which this was kind of like their... I don't want to say like their motto or they tried to go out to test it, but this was actually that. And I think that that's such a great, interesting fact that people don't even know happened right here in Detroit wow. on Woodward. Wow. To the Kobo. That is awesome. Yeah. Thank you for that fact. Yeah. So we're going to get into the, the discussion of Black History Month. And the first question that we want to throw out there is, do we consider Black History Month still to be like a thing? Like, you know, for me, I'm like, it's more than just one month. It should be taught in every, you know, throughout the year. Yeah, what do y'all think? I'm with the age old quote: "Every month is Black History Month to me." Yeah, yeah. What about you? I'm sure. I think it's it's still a necessity because they always teach it when whenever our children or where we learn American history, it's always taught separately from yeah. Black history. Yeah, and I think that, um, like you know, education wise, like we've done a terrible job. You know what I'm saying? Of absolutely of separating our histories because you know you have people who are like completely confused like i dated this guy 
who loved Malcolm X, but he loved Thomas Jefferson too. He was equally upset. I'm like, how can you like the both of these? Mm. Like how? Like yeah. it's because of what like we learn about Thomas Jefferson in the history books, and then Black History Month we learn about Sally Hemings. Yeah. You know something to- like it, I feel like that should be intertwined. Like, we shouldn't teach it separately. I don't think slavery should be a paragraph. Hmm. It should be, I think we should teach whole, like, semesters of American slavery. Hmm. Like, black history is American history. Yes. It's world history, but, you know, that's a whole nother. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, but. It's a good way to look at it. I mean, but obviously you have textbooks that are being written by those in the dominant culture. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's. (laughs) <laughs> so it's not it's not going to sort of tell the story of anyone else except for you know those who they think are important figures. So it's needed. I mean, it's something that we can't get rid of because a lot of people won't know. Like if it wasn't for this month, like a lot of kids, a lot of honestly, just there's some things I learned. Even the facts that you that Kenya said today, I wouldn't have known that if I if I didn't have her to tell me. And so there's a lot of ignorance out there in terms of um, just how black people have contributed to society specifically American society. So I think it's, it's definitely needed. And it's something that um, at some point, hopefully we can get to the, the point where it's not just one month and it's taught just in our curriculum. You know, it's a standard part of the American history, but it's not currently so. But when we were growing up, it seemed like Black History Month, I mean, because I hear it, like it's not taught as it should be, but it seemed like Black History Month was a thing, at least for when I was in grade mm-hmm. school. Yeah. And I don't have any kids and stuff, but mm-hmm. I know, like, is that a thing still in school? Because it's like I hear it sometimes, and usually mm-hmm. when I hear it, it's in more like affluent community. Like, I'm in DPSCD here and yeah. there, and I don't really see like how it used to be like a thing. Like, you got posters on the wall, you learning, yeah. like, I don't see that. So I'm wondering, like, is it a thing in school now? Like, are young people having like, Big black. <laughs> like last year, um, it was like a the school. My daughter, my daughter's school flooded, so you know they were displaced, and but they had their Black History program in March, but it was like like nineties music, <laughs> like yeah. little kids singing nineties music. Like it wasn't when I did a Black History. I went to a Catholic school. We did a Black History program. Um, it was. Um, we talked about Kwanzaa, mm. so each grade had the a different principal, and the music teacher wrote like an original song about that particular principal, and then there was like sketches and skits and stuff like that. So I'm like, where is that at? Yeah. <laughs> like, just yeah. singing TLC. <laughs> <laughs> I also think that schools kind of diverts like the surface level conversations, like it's all about you know Martha King and. Maybe Booker T. Washington and stuff like that. They don't really delve into the history in a, in depth, mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of where we need to do a little bit better. I mean, I think that um, yes, it's important to know those prominent historical figures, but they're not the only story to be Man, told. Right? Um, I go to the library a lot, and man, they have twenty kids' books mm. on Martin Luther King, 20. two on Malcolm X. One on Tucson Overture, one on Ida B. Wells. Wow. Wow. And I feel like, man, Ida B. Wells, like, man, Ida B. Wells was a writer. Like, she is like the the pinnacle of black journalism. Yeah. And they have one children's book. (laughs) I remember hearing something about how, 
um, basically society has hijacked the story of Martin Luther King. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so um, it's one of those things where obviously they want us to to sort of be in that area of, of, you know, the peaceful, you know, non-resistance type thing. Um, And unfortunately, I think, as you see, there's 20 books about them because that's kind of where they want us to sort of idolize. And that history. is the narrative. Mm-hmm. He was a whole man, a total mm-hmm. man. He had more than one speech. Yeah. He had letters from the Birmingham jail. He had other speeches. But that, you know, and then, because um, I did, you know, get a couple of books. And I, whenever, before I read books to my daughter, I read them myself. Mm-hmm. And they, like, you know, like, oh, the strength, yeah. the uh, nonviolence. But, they never really talk about like what re- what was required. Like, why did he need this strength? Mm. Because of terrorism. Yeah. He countered terrorism with nonviolence. Now, mm. you may not agree with that, but I think we a lot of times like we lie to our kids mm. when we frame it in that way. So I did. I like. I got the two books, and I'm like, I'm not reading her these books. Yeah. And not to even talk about how he still had people protecting him. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. had guns all around him. He didn't have a gun himself, right. but he had riders. Yeah, this yeah. nonviolent stuff will get you killed. You read that book. He had guns yeah. all around him. And the fact we don't really read either. Like we hear these speeches and we don't really go and look at them ourselves because sure. even with I have a dream, like in there he's talking about economic freedom. Mm. Like and people don't even read it. Like all oh, we get stuck. Up. Oh, I have a dr-. like. No, nah, this they is talk, they get to the dream. little black boys <laughs> and little right. you know yeah. little white Living girls together. playing yeah. together. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah. yeah. What do you all think? I think personally, Black History Month has turned into this like market employee. You know, the companies like McDonald's use to just try to increase their sales. Personally, I mean, I'm, I don't want to be a you know look at it from a negative perspective, but I don't see where companies are truly taking this as an opportunity to, to educate people. It's more so, all right, we're going to put a couple of black faces on there, put some urban music in the background, and sell this product. Which is what they do anyway. <laughs> <laughs> which, which is what they do. Right? They do all year round. Where do you specifically see this? Do you remember seeing like the, um, the what is it, the McDonald's Black History 365 commercials? You only see it during Black History Month. Only during, right, only during <laughs> Black History Month. And it's like over, just like the imagery is just all sort of like young, urban, black kids and it's all just sort of like you can tell it seems just artificial it's like it's not probably wasn't that many black people in the room when they created it and personally i just think that these things have become just a selling marketing tool that they use to just make more money that's it you could look at it as that you could also look at it as lack of understanding you probably don't have a lot of black people in the room when you're pitching something like that you don't know so you're just looking at it from like okay let's just put some black people on the wall and Mm -hmm. let's just leave it at that but mm-hmm. of course, it goes deeper than that. It, there needs to be a level of understanding. That's mm-hmm. the main thing here. If we had understanding, it wouldn't be limited to just one month. It yeah. wouldn't just be called Black History, right? It'd be called American exactly. History. Mm-hmm. Well, doing some work in that field, doing some um, DNI work, race inclusion work in that field, I can tell you that yes, that's a problem in terms of black black voices in the room. Um, there's just a general sense of, as you said, like, all right, as long as we have one or two people you know, from the community kind of there, you know, that's, that's good enough. Or we put some faces there as good enough, but it's all done. But it, and you could look at it from any industry, you know, it's a problem with black representation or, or representation from people of color and fields all across the industry, not just advertising, not just uh, marketing, 
but in medical and education and um shoot law all over so i think it's one of those things where it takes an understanding of the systems that led to this and sort of just building that awareness um but a lot of times people in power they want to stay in power so they don't really care so they don't yeah so they don't teach that right because i feel like we wouldn't have as many shitty white children if they knew if this was something that was a part of their education because they would know like hey like this yeah. is what it is. Like, this is what it was, and this is how this country came to be. Yeah. But again, if you're sitting from a position of privilege, does it benefit you to, to know that? At I the feel the like the upliftment of the black community will benefit everybody. It will be- benefit this country as a whole. But we're so we're such an individual, individualistic society. Like, it's all about me. I'm about to win at the expense of anybody else. Like, I don't care what your background is or... or whether me, us collectively lifting each other up, I don't care if it benefits everyone. I'm just looking out for myself. And I think we can sort of have politicians and, and people who kind of have the same attitude. And that, that's just going to permeate throughout every part of a society because that's just how it is. I'm thankful for the institutions like um, there was a place, uh, Charles H. Wright Museum. That was around when I was younger. And we would <laughs> we would go there, too. It's still there. Still yeah, a day today. Still around, still a yeah. day. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah the art and stuff, yeah. Hey, I'm thankful for institutions like that because that carries a sense of black history with it, you know, year round. Oh, for sure. And I, we, we need institutions like that for the kids to know where they come from and know their history instead of just getting it from like one parent. One one paragraph in a in a history book. Man, you ain't been to the museum until you walked through with Jermon Jordan. He is the local historian. But I rode in the car with him one time on the way down there. He's telling me about the Jeffries Freeway. Mm-hmm. Like, and like I've been to Charles H. Wright plenty of times, walked mm-hmm. through that exhibit. But when you walk through with somebody like that's a historian, historian and they take their craft seriously and their knowledge seriously, and they know how to relay that information to people of all groups, yeah. like it opens you like. I learned stuff that I like I never knew before. So shout out to him. Wow. That's very true too. It do matter on your tour guide because I've been to the Charles H. Wright <laughs> Museum multiple times, and I'll never forget the time I went with my mentor group in like seventh grade, and it was this lady who brought us to tears. Like mm-hmm. I had never been in tears, and I still haven't to this day been in tears going through the Charles H. Wright Museum. But that passion, being a historian mm-hmm. and being able to really tell that story and getting you connected, like it's a different feeling when you got somebody who really understands Definitely. it and can connect you definitely and i do recommend everyone if you go to dc you know go to smithsonian's african-american history museum it's an amazing amazing place like it's just um give yourself some time cause yeah it's not a gonna... long because <laughs> it was like five or six levels yeah, like it's a lot of information <laughs> a ton of information it's it sort of each level has touch, touches on a different aspect of um black history you know i think the top level is like music and it's more um, contemporary, art right? yeah, contemporary at the top level but yeah, definitely do the tour because it's gonna it's gonna open your eyes just to show you sort of the nuance within the story of the black experience. And I think that's what we we miss out on just the nuance. Like we are obviously we're a community who of of who have has similar experiences, yes. But all these experience it doesn't define us in the same way. You know, we didn't have the same um, you know things to shape us. And I think that seeing that and sort of seeing people's obstacles and overcoming their specific you know going through their specific journeys, you know, does kind of shed light on just. You know, just who we are, our struggle, our ability to survive, you know, just um, our strength as a community. So I highly recommend if you do go, 
give yourself like an hour to two hours. No, you need longer. Than <laughs> you might need that. a half, you might need a half a day. Yeah, <laughs> like an hour is about to close, and when they about yeah. to close, they about to close. <laughs> now I remember I kind of snuck in too because I didn't have tickets, and the lady I was just like, "Hey, I'm here and visiting visiting DC for the day." She's like, "All right, come on, come on in." And shout out to the schools in the city, like the African centered mm. schools that actually are still teaching our kids this type of stuff. Like it's so important, and I think it mm. go beyond just knowing. It's an empowering, you know, like peace when you can grow up and know like these people were doing all of these great things yeah. and, you know, before and after mm. all that they had to go through. And I think that that's the part that gets me because you have a whole generation of young people growing up feeling like they just come from slaves. Yeah. And it's ridiculous. My thing is there's nothing wrong from coming from slaves. Mm-hmm. We built this country. Like right. this country would not be what it is today. If it was not for the enslavement of Africans, this like it's from like so. I, I don't feel like there's anything wrong with that. But I did before I read the half has never been told. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, this, I'm black. Uh, slavery is only a part. We have this long history before we got here, mm-hmm. and da 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 da. But when I read the half has never been told, it made me proud. Mm-hmm. Like, man, I come from slaves. I come from sharecroppers. Yeah. Like they endured a lot. Like. This country was built off of their bodies, off of their labor. So, like, I I did gain a new pride after reading that book. I only read that book maybe three or four years ago. Mm. But I just wouldn't. I, I still, I'm not calling them slaves. They were enslaved. They people. were enslaved. That they were enslaved. You're absolutely <laughs> Who came right. From kings and queendoms, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and sure. then came here, went through that process, and then became politicians mm-hmm. and, and inventors. You're and, absolutely yeah. right. Word, <laughs> words are very important. Yeah, are. So, to I like I do need to change the way that I like, I come from slave. No, I came from the enslaved. Mm-hmm. So you're absolutely right. That's why I use the term minority. Anymore, like that's man. Right. That include everybody. Like, <laughs> it include everybody. Depending on what environment you in. Yeah, because I mean, because you're shaping yourself. You're you're shaping your expectations from a negative view, like that you're less than mm-hmm. someone else. So I, I'm always careful with with saying the words I use in the sayings. Um, you know, that I'm using to describe people. But y'all, this is a discussion that you know, in terms of Black history, there's so much more that we can learn. Especially me personally, I need to I need to take a. Uh, the time to read out, read more books, you know, learn more about the history um, of the people. And um, I mean, any recommendations that you have? I know, Kashana, you read a lot. Read a lot. <laughs> I, need a, say, I need to get a list. Too long to enjoy life. <laughs> I, need to get a, I need you to recommend me like a list of things I should read. Can't take her nowhere. Um, <laughs> That's going to be good. Uh, well, of course, the half has never been yep. told. Um, one of the books that I feel like I learned the most from was Jackie Robinson's mm. autobiography. Uh, mm. It's called Never Had It Made. Um, I, it's a short book. I feel like well, maybe it was about maybe 200 pages, short okay. book, short read. Um, he talks about his life, talks about his regrets, oh. talks about his son, um, who unfortunately passed away, um, a year before he did. Mm. Um, so that I, I learned the most as far as a parent, a black parent, I learned the most from his autobiography mm. and Richard Williams autobiography. It's I, it's about three hundred pages, but it's definitely if you in, if you look at a black child, you need to read that book. Wow, wow. I definitely gotta take a look. Um, anything like closing that y'all might have for for this one? Educate ourselves. I agree. Educate ourselves. Learn. Right now, I mean, and even for people who don't like to read long books, right now I'm reading um 
It's like a, a soulful book. So it's Meditations of the Heart by Howard Thurman. Like he mm-hmm. was a African-American who was very spiritual. He was the, the spiritual advisor to Martin Luther King. Yeah. And like I'm getting up every day and just worshiping. You know what I'm saying? But it's a different idea of just even seeing our people in these different lights and being able to just be inspired. So it's so much out here that we can just be tapping into. Do it for Black History Month. Do it for the culture. Right. <laughs> black History mm. every day. A good book I read. It's called Searching for, for Zion. Mm. Um, it's by Emily Robitaille. And so she's basically going on this journey of figuring out where do black people call home? Like, what is their collective space? Like, all other cultures, all other uh, ethnicities have somewhere where they belong except for African-Americans, right? And so she goes to, like, Ethiopia, Jamaica. Um, she visits, uh, like, he- black Hebrews in, like, in Israel, um, just figuring out where they where they call home and why. And it gets you, it, it's a great book about just, identity you know the black experience across you know multiple fronts um so i definitely highly recommend that one it, it, it gets you thinking you know um and she's a great writer too she writes in a way that's just it's just like effortless to read like you just get through that thing and quickly um but overall though for this discussion it's, a, it's important to realize that you know black history does have a space within the greater american context but we have to highlight it. it's going to be up to to us you know to, to sort of shed light on importance because if we don't as you see in Texas, where they're stripping away aspects of what black history is from their textbooks. And, and most of, of our textbooks come from Texas. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so we don't fight for, you know, these stories and, and, and show them that our experience is valuable. It's going to be gone in a couple of generations. Like no one's going to care. So it's, it's kind of important that we really, you know, continue to speak out about this and, and let people know, like, hey, first off, we're more than just a month. You know, this our experience is is powerful. You know, it's built into the fabric of American culture, into the world culture. Um, and so it's kind of up to us to continue to have that discussion and keep it moving forward. Anthony? Yeah, I say, you know, it's good to know your history so you can know where you're going. I mean, growing up, I never really understood that quote, but it it is good to know, like, your past and where you where you originate from to know what your destination is. Because it shows, like, what, what you can withstand in order to um, reach whatever goal you're trying to reach. Man, you are absolutely right, man. <laughs> like, it kills me when people are like, well, all black people got to do is do this and it will be all right. And I'm like, motherfucker, we did that already. Right. Like, what right. is you talking about? Yeah. So, man, man, thank you for bringing up that point because yeah. a lot of, like, a lot of us, we don't know, like, where we've been. So, True. like, you think in 2019... <laughs> The light bulb just went off in your head like right. you, that. You really done a disservice to your grandmother yeah. and all of your grandfather and all your other ancestors that were thinkers and yeah. doers, you know, long before you got here. And it just came down to you like, man, all we got to do is start black business. <laughs> oh, we haven't done that already. All we got to yeah. do is circulate our money and then we like, learning been... from our mistakes right. <laughs> and I think that's our down we never understand where we where we messed up mm-hmm. and we keep doing the same thing alright um, you know like and share we like to welcome uh, Kenya as our new uh, co-host uh, give feedback give reviews subscribe on YouTube Facebook SoundCloud Apple Podcast thank you and I gotta give a shout out to Phase 4 they down there Dilla Day yeah. Shout out to and then all the kids down there. Please enjoy. Use the DJ equipment. Don't tear it up. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good one.